0: Thank you for choosing Weekly Politics as your podcast today. And like I said in the last episode, I'm going to talk about my economic policies and what I believe on how to get the United States out of the massive debt that we are currently in, as well as how to basically build up a massive stockpile of money, like, you know, the company Apple, they have a massive stockpile of money. I don't know how, but they do. So when we're talking mainly about that. I will move on to some other subjects briefly because it proves my point in some cases. But let's just start with my first belief. I kind of, I kind of had a different change of beliefs a little while ago. So over the minimum wage specifically, actually, Biden's trying to push a fifteen-dollar minimum wage, and there's a lot of pushback. Not really from the media. The media actually likes it. Because it gives them something to talk about But it, there's a lot of pushback from companies Even Walmart for example uh, They said that they will personally raise their wages To, I don't know what the exact number was But they said they won't raise it to $15 an hour though And the reason why is because um It basically gets rid of the incentive to work harder Gets rid of the incentive to work harder and get promoted and that incentive is very necessary. And you know, I actually agree a lot with them. Now, this is where I had a different change of beliefs. I like the federal minimum wage at seven twenty-five an hour. But in some very few cases, there are states where they can actually afford to raise the minimum wage. Not by a lot, but like a little bit. For example, South Dakotas, their minimum wage right now is I believe $8.50. And it's working. They are actually pretty good economy wise there's a lot of people with jobs there and everything so obviously raising the minimum wage there it didn't hurt it didn't necessarily help but didn't hurt anyone either so it's okay to raise it in that one instance i would still suggest you don't do it ever because you never know south dakota just happened to raise it and it just happened to be okay at that point in time. So basically, what I believe on the minimum wage is keep it at seven twenty-five an hour. If you raise it any more than that, it's is a huge possibility that you raised it too much, too early, or you are basically just that, and you're gonna have a lot of people jobless, unemployed, or actually homeless, even just because they were fired because their employer can no longer afford them. So raising the minimum wage is a horrible idea. We need to keep it at seven twenty-five an hour. And there's another view that's getting uh, pushed around, and that's, why don't we adopt a Denmark's policy where we have all these worker unions decide the minimum wage of a certain area? And we kind of do. I mean, we don't have worker unions doing it. Worker unions can suggest to the state that they change the minimum wage. But just think about this. We have states, right? And these states can change the minimum wage. And a city, even... Uh, if it's a big city district, that city can have a different minimum wage that's higher than the state's minimum wage. So we kind of do, except they're not worker unions; they're just districts like counties and cities and states. So we don't. That's why we don't need worker unions deciding everything. Plus, <laughs> worker unions are not always the best. They they mess up a lot of stuff sometimes. So let's go to uh, another policy of mine that I I've been reading about. Um, Biden doesn't necessarily like this idea. In fact, he hates it. He wants to do the exact opposite. And that's, what do we do with the richest taxes? Because right now the United States is making about $2 trillion in income tax. And a very small percent of that is from the rich. A lot of it is actually from the middle class. Most of it is from the middle class, actually, because the United States is mainly middle class. There are some poor, there's some uh, uh, poverty very, very few, but some in poverty and there's some mega rich. And a study shows this, so I think we should lower the taxes for the mega rich. And the reason why is because in Uh, 1980-some when Ronald Reagan was president, he lowered taxes from 70-some percent down to 38%. That is a massive drop. And it's it was a wonderful job too. So, people say, well, guess what? That was a trickle-down theory, and it never worked. We're still waiting for us to receive our massive benefits from the economy. Well, it did actually work. And we can see it happening right now. In the year 2017, do you know how many billionaires there were? 300. In the year 2019, actually 2020, sorry. 2020, there were over 700 billionaires in the United States. That's because of those tax drops. People got to keep more of their money, they got to spend more of their money. It overall boosted the economy. So, if someone tells you that the down theory never works, <laughs> we literally have proof of it. <laughs> It's working today, so the trickle-down theory works. We need to—I shouldn't say exploit it, because exploiting is kind of a bad thing. We need to take advantage of it. We need to lower taxes down to maximum of thirty-three percent. So this kind of goes along with taxes. What do socialists? They kind of think that we can just pay everyone. The same amount of money, you know. uh so Let's say you're a grocery store worker, you're getting paid thirty thousand a year, and then there's this oil guy who bought a bunch of oil rigs, built them actually, let like built a bunch of oil rigs, paid for drills, is digging into the oil, paying for the employees digging to the oil, getting the oil, but he only gets to keep thirty thousand because he has to get paid the exact same as everyone else, you know? Yeah. What do you think's gonna happen there? Well, there's living examples of what's gonna happen. There's Cuba and there's Venezuela. Those nations failed. They did things like that and they failed. So we can't have everyone get paid the same amount of money. It doesn't work. When you pay everyone the same amount of money, you're spending money you don't have. All these people who are working harder than everyone else, they're only getting to keep 30,000. So Another, uh, let me just put it this way if everyone only gets paid I'm using 30000 as an example by the way so if anyone, everyone only gets paid $30,000 where does all this excess money go? Well it goes straight to the government and, and under a socialist government there's a very powerful leader so all that money is going to a very powerful leader who keeps it and in some cases, they do have government things like universal health care or, I don't know, what else is there? There's a lot of government stuff out there. So, and like I said, in some cases it goes to those things and the government's just getting richer and richer in terms of the people in the government. So they're basically exploiting you. And the amount of thing is That's what socialists hate, supposedly socialists hate. They supposedly hate it when people exploit employees and stuff. But that's what socialism does. It exploits the people. And that's not a good thing. So my very basic policy on that is stop. I mean, (laughs) kind of a little bit obvious, you know. Just stop exploiting the people. Why don't instead we do what we're doing now capitalist I'm a capitalist I love capitalism why don't we keep it why don't we pay people what they're working for so if you are a I'm gonna use the example of an oil rigger again let's say you have you work your way up and you have like two million dollars saved so you get together with a bunch of your friends and you start a business an oil business now this oil business You uh, buy an oil rig, you buy some drills for it, you start digging, you hit oil, you sell the oil, you get more and more employees, you get to expand your business, right? Well, you're working hard to do all that. You have to go through all the legal work, you have to buy all this stuff. You're spending a ton of money doing that. That's a lot of work. But you're getting paid very well. And then the other people who are just doing one singular job, let's say you're a drill attendee. So let's say you're one of the owners of the oil rig, right? you're getting paid maybe two twenty million dollars a year and then let's say you're an employee who's just uh... a mechanic for the drill you fix the drill whenever it's broken you're getting paid about seventy thousand a year that's still pretty good you're getting paid for exactly what you're working for and put it in another way too um, you can save that money You can keep it building up on your stock markets, mutual funds, those type of things, and saving accounts. And then if you want something really expensive, you can buy that thing really expensive with the money that you saved. So capitalism works. And when you, by the way, when you buy that thing that's super expensive, it hurts because you spent a ton of money. But then when you receive it, you're thinking, wow, I worked really hard for this thing, and now I have it with my money, with my work, what I earned rightfully. Which brings me to my next topic. Government funds everything right now. This is COVID season with a dumb Biden president who doesn't know what he's doing. Okay? That's a fact. (laughs) I don't care if you agree, that's a fact. And he's sending out stimulus check after stimulus check after stimulus check, putting us into deeper and deeper debt. Literally, 2021, a couple months after Biden, was inaugurated after two stimulus checks we went into the top 10 nations uh, that are in debt. We used to never be on there. Now we are. Why? Because we're spending so much stinking money on s- stimulus checks which are useless because literally what it's doing is giving a teeny little bit of portion of your money back when instead you could just lower taxes and never have to do that. I'm sorry, I get mad, it's annoying. People just don't think this through. This is why we need lower taxes. Now, the, this is just a small part of what the government funds. It's annoying, like I keep saying, I'm mean, gonna keep saying it's annoying. Uh, Medicaid, Medicare, Social Security, those are all, uh, food stamps even, those are all good in concept. The problem is that they're so easy and simple to just take advantage of and lie about. For example, let's say you're on food stamps and then your kids who are under you also get onto food stamps because you were on food stamps and then your grandkids get onto food stamps because your kids were on food stamps. Oh, you were rightfully on food stamps, let's just say, because you couldn't get a job, you tried, you tried to get a job, you couldn't, and so you applied for food stamps for that government benefit and you got it, okay, cool but your kids on the other end never applied for a job. But why are they on food stamps? Because you were. And then your grandkids are not food stamps, even though they never applied for a job either. Why are they on food stamps? Because their parents were, or your kids were. It's a government system that's so easy to exploit. Instead, what we should do is we should have it. So if you apply for you have to fill out like a resume sort of. You apply for a job, you get rejected. And if you were previously on a job, you need to explain why you were fired or why you quit. You need to explain every single job you've tried to apply to, and then you turn it into the government. And the government will have someone look over it and a fact check you, basically. They'll call every single employer that you apparently worked for or tried to work for. And we'll see if there's any job opportunities out there for you. And if there isn't, then yes, you get that government benefit of food stamps. Same thing should happen for Medicare and Medicaid. Now, Obamacare, thats a whole different story. Just completely get rid of Obamacare, okay? Just get rid of it. It's useless, literally. The only thing good that's coming out of it is protecting pre-existing conditions, which basically says that if you have State Farm, let's say you have State Farm Health Insurance. I don't think that's a thing, but pretend that it is a thing, okay? Let's say you have State Farm Health Insurance and... You have a condition of, I don't know, let's say you have a heart condition. State Farm says, you know what? We will pay for every single doctor visit and, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, prescribed drug for your heart condition. But then you switch insurances because, I don't know, your work or something. And this new insurance says, you know what? We're not going to pay for that stuff. We don't want to. No. No protecting pre-existing conditions makes them have to pay for it because your previous uh, your previous insurance uh, paid for it so uh, protecting pre-existing conditions basically says if this insurance pays for it then this one also has to and I like that I like that a lot now something else I have uh a thing with is over insurance specifically Obamacare is they're making insurances pay for your abortions they're making your insurance pay for your transgender they're making your insurance pay for your gender dysphoria your belief, your mental illness that makes you think there's more than two genders your mental illness that makes you think you're a different gender than you are the mental illness that makes you gay instead of straight that mental illness. They're forcing insurances to pay for it. Why? Because they're basically forcing your insurance to pay for your sin. That's just totally wrong. That's that's wrong, okay? So, let's put it this way. Gender dysphoria is a mental illness, but I have a theory that has actually been proven a couple times now. If you have a mental illness, it can be cured. Okay. And liberals will say, well, yeah, of course it can be cured. Gender dysphoria can be cured by transgenderism. No, that's not true because when you... Gender dysphoria basically says you are a gender that you're not. So if you're a male, it makes me think you're a female or some other weird 72 genders that don't exist. And then if you have transgender surgery to make you a female, to make, <laughs> you still have gender dysphoria because gender dysphoria is not focused on your outward looks it's focused on your chromosomes do you have xx chromosomes or do you have xy chromosomes that's literally what it is so if you when you have transgender surgery your chromosomes don't change so if you uh... if you're a male and you have gender dysphoria and you have transgender into a female i'm still gonna call you a male because your chromosomes are xy you you transgender, so now you think you're a female when you're not. You still have gender dysphoria, because you think you're female. But your chromosomes are still XY. You're still male. That's still gender dysphoria. You're not curing their gender dysphoria. The way to cure them is to teach them. You need to help them. You need to help them realize the truth. It's gonna hurt. Uh, (laughs) I had a chapel yesterday, because I go to a Christian school. And we had a pastor come in and he talked about how he talked all about how there's only two genders and how um, transgenderism is wrong and he talked about the differences between male and female. I love that chapel. But all the gay kids and gender dysphoric kids walked out and cried in the hallways like a bunch of little wimps. They're pathetic. They're crying in the hallways because they hurt their feelings. And they're going to base everything off of their stupid feelings. That's not how life should go facts don't care about your feelings now there are some cases where feelings do come in necessary or are necessary for example I'm pretty sure you didn't get a girlfriend by going up to her and stating random facts right you know you shared your feelings right So feelings in those everyday cases are good but feelings in terms of the Bible and in terms of uh... feelings against the truth and feelings to try to decide what's right or wrong, that doesn't work. Then you need facts, period. No feelings, facts. It's kind of like a hybrid solution. So, as I was saying, we shouldn't have insurance just be paying for your sin. That's basically forcing me to pay the insurance more just just because the insurance is paying for your sin, paying for your gender dysphoria, your transgenderism. Paying for your pathetic little mental illness that makes you cry in hallways after an offensive chapel. (sighs) I'm sorry if there's anyone who's gay who's listening to this. That was like Christian perspective that I just listed. And if you're gay and you're listening to this, hopefully you can at least agree with me that there are only two genders. And trying after a chapel because someone stated the differences between male and female and dared to say that in the christian religion being gay is a sin is stupid okay if you're not a christian and you're gay i'm still against your gay marriage but i can't make it illegal because well, this is a free country but i can most certainly speak against it and that is exactly what i'm doing so back on topic to insurances We don't need insurances paying for your sins. I don't want to pay for your transgender surgery. I don't want to pay for your abortion. I don't want to pay for you to kill your little children. This is stupid. So what about universal health care? What about, what if we just, you know, magically fix all of the world's problems by making me pay for someone in Alaska's heart surgery? Mm, I bet that's going to work. No, it's not going to work. Me paying for someone else's surgery only works on a tiny little scale, which is what insurances are. And insurance is where you, there's a, a company, and they make money off of you paying your premiums, which is your monthly payment to the insurance. And if someone who's a member of that insurance who pays premiums has a heart failure or an accident, that insurance will pay for some, some or even all of their doctor bills in some cases that's what insurance is well isn't that what universal health care is? yeah pretty much but on a much much broader scale 330 ish million people all under the same insurance plan does that sound fair to you? no why? because some people don't need as much insurance some people need less insurance some people need more insurance it all comes down to how often you get hurt or how often you drive your car or so forth and that's basically why there's so many different insurance companies because some people need this type of insurance some people need this type of insurance some need, people need this type of coverage some people need that type of coverage universal healthcare takes that all away and i don't like that whatsoever i like my choices the true choice which goes on to the next topic, abortion. This isn't necessarily an economic topic, but people are going to use what I just said against me in terms of abortion, so I thought I might as well address it quick. Abortion is killing someone, okay? And people are going to say, well you just said you like your choices. That means, so I mean like, free choice, right? Well you're not, get, you're not you don't have a choice, okay? And the reason why is because who is more important, you or your little child who has yet to have a chance in the world? You've had a chance. Has your child had a chance? Even even if it's a term of life or death, even if the mom is most likely going to die from having that child, you still shouldn't commit abortion. Not only does abortion make your uh, death, the mom's death, even more likely, you're still killing someone and killing someone murder is never okay so i live in a very conservative area and there are some signs that say a baby is a baby which i love that (laughs) there's also some signs that say adoption is still an option and one that says 18 weeks and my heart starts beating or something like that Those are all amazing signs. I love them. One of them was vandalized a long time ago because some some not-so-educated person decided that he wanted to to be okay with people killing other people. So let's put it this way. Let's say you have an eight... Actually, let's say you have a choice, okay? You can pay money to get your kid aborted, or you can just take a knife and kill your eight-year-old son. Which would you rather do? Well, you'd rather abort the child. Why? Because your conscience (laughs) is against murder. But that's... That's a little bit hypocritical, isn't it? Your conscience is against murder, so you can't kill your 8-year-old son, but you can kill your son that you have yet to see. Just think about that. Our conscience is based off what we can and cannot see. Just because you can't see the child in you does not mean that he does, he or she does not exist. <sighs> okay, so that's my little rant on abortion. Free choice does not mean take away someone else's choice. It means you have freedom of choice as long as you're not murdering someone or hurting someone and you're not of what I listed before abortion with insurances. You're not hurting, hurting someone with your freedom of choice. There. So on to my next topic. That was a, sorry. That was a bit of a rant. What should I? What should we do? What should the United States do about our military? Well, first of all, all the things I just listed that will cut a lot of money, which means that would give us a ton of money to spend. So that pretty much means we've got I don't know. Let's say, so we make $2 trillion on taxes, and we spend over all of it, Well, now we have about $500 billion extra. And then we can go to the military. We can fix some things with the military. Don't shrink the military. Keep it as is and keep it growing. Please, keep it growing. Uh, I have to address a couple things I don't like about the military real quick, though. I did some research, and I found a naval drone called the XQBB or something like that. I don't know. XQ something made by Boeing. It's a stealth drone. has the engine in the fuselage and some other stealth capabilities, like it hides its infrared signature, and it can land and take off of a carrier because it's a naval drone, obviously. And I'm like, oh, this Mm -hmm. is a really cool drone. So I looked up the price. You know how much it costs? Like $840 billion. Oh, sorry, not billion. I keep mixing it up. $840 million. I'm like, oh my word, that's expensive. So in comparison, I looked up how much the F-35 costs. You know how much it costs? $45 million. And I'm like, oh, that's actually pretty cool. So I looked how much the F-22 Raptor costs. $333 million. So both of those manned stealth jets fighter jets which have way more stealth capabilities the f-35 can even land and take off of a carrier vertically if it needs to they're stealthy they're way more high-tech they're manned with a person in there all of that stuff costs significantly less than the drone and some people are going to be like well that's because it's a drone (sighs) okay fine the air force has a drone a stealthy jet drone. You know how much this one costs? Four million dollars. And I guarantee you, you can modify it to take off and land on a carrier if you want to. So that, don't don't use the excuse of it's a drone. It doesn't matter. Get rid of it. It's way too expensive. We don't need that drone. Way too expensive. Um, another thing. The United States is the police of the world right now. We have our military literally all over the world, which is kind of (laughs) cool. We're the only country with the capability to do that. And it's very interesting because we're literally giving the world our military for free. That's the one part I don't like. So, you know, France, they're building their military and our ally. I like that they're building their military. We need our allies to build their military. The United Kingdom is an even closer ally. They're shrinking their military. The Canada is shrinking their military- We have so many allies that are shrinking their militaries. Do I know why? Because if they get attacked, they don't need to defend themselves. They know that we will send our military and air force and navy to defend them. Which is kind of cool. I mean, like, you know, <laughs> we're giving them a military for free without expecting anything back. That's kind of cool in concept. The problem is we're losing so much money for it from it and people are just leaning way too much on us. It will benefit them if they don't do that. So what we should do is we should start charging them literal money for our military and that will help pay for our military so we can maybe increase it. So right now our military budget is 738 million dollars. If we were to make our allies pay for our military service, our military all oh, the amount we will be paying will go down to about 500 million. And that number will change as some allies decide that they need to build their own, or as other people become our allies and want to use our military. That number will change, and that's a good thing. I mean, it's a variable. I like it. Now, well, obviously, that won't completely get rid of it. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that won't completely get rid of it. So, from 738 billion to 500 billion dollars, that's through 200 and. 38 billion dollars less which gives us how much did we say we have before? 700 and yeah now we're up to 738 billion dollars of free money that we're not spending on anything and before congress gets all excited and it's like oh my word guys we almost have a trillion dollars to spend on extra stuff that we don't need no settle down because we need to save that money. We have a massive $23 trillion debt that needs to be gotten rid of. $738 billion a year? That's pretty good. Now, uh, something that needs to be taken into account also is how much more money we're going to make within the next four years after my tax uh, policies are adapted. So let's say. Oh, I don't know. As we lower taxes, more rich people are going to basically be born in the United States because they have less money or that so they don't have less money. They have less money to spend their to spend on taxes so they have more money for them to keep. That's a wonderful beautiful thing. So more rich people will be uh I'm going to say produce, but it's not really produce. More rich people will more people will become rich in the United States. And that means more businesses. More businesses and more rich people mean more money for the government, right? Wonderful. Oh, and one other thing that can help with us becoming an even bigger economic superpower with no debt is becoming self-sustainable. We have, we have the capability to produce enough oil that we don't need to import any. And we can still export some if we want to. And we should do that. We need to do that now. Obviously, Biden's just like, you know what? Stop these pipelines. We should do all this kind of stuff instead. And that caused some major issues. Because Biden doesn't understand logic. So... We can easily become self-sustainable on oil, food. We have America's breadbasket. Honestly, we've got Iowa, we've got Nebraska, we've got South Dakota, we've got North Dakota, which really isn't good for anything except for a couple things here and there. We've got Missouri, we've got Texas, we've got. Oklahoma. We have so many states that can literally grow food for the entire United States and have access to export to our close allies like Canada and Mexico. So we can be making money off of that, too. Plus, it's good for the businesses. As for Puerto Rico, this is going to actually help the economy. We're spending a lot of money on Puerto Rico. I don't know if you guys know this. I don't know the exact amount that we're spending on Puerto Rico, but it's a lot because of government aid. Just stop spending that money, okay? Give Puerto Rico their freedom. Just forget about them. They're weighing us down which brings me to another topic the government keeps awarding companies grants to build stuff and these grants aren't like tiny little grants they're they're pretty big i mean they all add up in the end like 23 million dollars per company sounds small but they add up a lot it adds up to a lot after a while eventually it becomes one to two billion dollars and i don't like this at all and the reason why is because sometimes it works but a lot of times it doesn't because the company's like, guess what, guys? We don't need to spend our money anymore. We can just spend the government's money. So we don't need to try as hard because we have more money to spend now, right? Yeah. This is exactly what happened when America was trying to build the first airplane. They awarded this guy a ton of money, literally a ton, and he failed. And the Wright brothers spent a couple thousand of dollars, which is a lot back then, but not near as much as the other guy. And they succeeded in building a plane because they spent their own money, they were smarter, they had their own resources, they had to work harder, they got it all done. So, spending your own money makes you way more efficient, makes you realize, hey, we need to think this through more, makes you smarter, makes you build things cheaper. So, the government needs to stop spending so much money on random stuff. Now, granted, in some cases, in a case of emergency, I think it is okay for the government to try to grant a company's money and see and hope that they get something done quickly. And the reason why I think this is because in a state of emergency, you kind of have no choice. I mean, not saying it's going to work, but like you might as well try everything at that point, right? Okay. So this was pretty much... The episode for the day. Um, I'm going to try to come out with an episode tomorrow. Actually, what I'm going to do is I'm going to record another episode. I'm going to have it scheduled to post tomorrow just because I haven't posted an episode in a really long time. Sorry about that, guys. I've been busy with school. I've had work a lot. I've had golf because I'm on the school golf team. So, yeah. It's been annoying, but I've been getting things done. <laughs> I've been getting here, you know? <laughs> also, if you guys haven't noticed, I have bought a microphone now, so hopefully my audio quality is a little bit better. <laughs> the problem is that this microphone is so good, it can detect noise from, like, 50 feet away. That's the problem, so I have to figure out how to tune it. But other than that, let me uh, let me know what you guys thought. Um, you can... Email me at rvbtwitter at gmail.com. And I'm going to try to come out with an episode within the next two weeks or so with me interviewing someone. Let me know some ideas on that. I pretty much have a decision made. I'm thinking maybe interview someone who doesn't have political policies developed yet. Like they don't know what they believe yet. And then just interview him. See what he does know. I think that would be kind of interesting, you know. But... We don't have to do that. So let me know what you guys want to do. Let me know what you guys think. Again, rvbtwitter at gmail.com, which is my um, podcast, Gmail. And I'll see you guys later. Hopefully, I'll hear from you guys later. Hopefully tomorrow when my next episode uploads. And peace out.